Hello, I'm Somia Aryan. I'm a TED philosopher and the founder of Impeak. My guest on today's podcast is Shannon Snow, the COO of Bold of Women, one of the world's leading NFT brands that depicts two wonderful collections representing women of diverse backgrounds. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation as I learned so much about the bigger vision for the future of the brand. Whether you are a WOW or WOW G holder, or if you are considering getting into the ecosystem, I'm sure you will enjoy this conversation. So uh, when you had your session on uh, Real Vision, it was really interesting to hear uh, a lot of the things that you guys are doing at Bold of Women. Um, so uh, I guess one of my biggest questions right now is uh, not just about Bold of Women, but many other amazing projects that um, kind of like in the bear market, in some ways, you know, people have, not that they have lost interest, but they, but people have kind of like the attention is not there anymore, right? And, and I think that's one of the most interesting things to see how it's not uh, World of Women, it's everybody, like every single community. Like I, I was really big, um, you know, very, very involved in Moonbirds, you know, same story there. I looked at, um, you know, uh, boss beauties. I'm like, like, I'm just seeing everywhere is the, is the case. So I guess the number one question is, how are you guys dealing with this market? Uh, how, how's it how's it affecting you? Well, certainly it's affecting everybody. And so we're just trying to focus on what we can control. For sure, we've had one of the strongest communities, um, very active and very active across platform, not just Discord, but Instagram, Twitter, and in-person events. And so similar to how, you know, when you're building a brand, you focus first on the 1,000 true fans, you know, those that are really going to stick with you. I think what we saw in the bull market was, you know, there was a lot of interest, a lot of curiosity, you know, some speculators, and there's some people that are in it for learning, for speculation, but there's also people who are there for the values and what you're building long term. So for us, we've certainly seen a decrease in overall interest in the market and just burnout, right? It's a market that has been very intense. There's been a lot of ups and downs. And I think with where crypto is going, there's a lot of wariness in terms of that whole market and not wanting to be involved. Um, so for us, we're just doubling down on the community that is really there uh, for the long term. Um, you know, we're lucky that we're the largest mission driven community. And, you know, for us, that's mean, you know, women and allies who really believe in building an inclusive future and they love connecting over bringing diversity to art, to tech, to business. So for us, we're doubling down on the people that are staying and trying to continue to grow the engagement. So for New York and NFT NYC this year, you know, it's a noticeable difference, right? Last year at NFT NYC, you know, it was the height of, you know, the, you know, the high market and, you know, WOW had a huge Madonna concert and, uh, you know, a ton of projects had really big parties. There was Ape Fest. This year, you know, we still had over 500 people at our breakfast, um, but it was a breakfast event. It was much more focused on networking, much more focused on building long-term friendships and connections. And so for us, it's, you know, keeping uh, our eye on the prize in the long-term mission, focusing on building true connections with the people that are there um, and continue to build value so that when, um, you know, the market returns or, you know, people who hadn't heard about us but just want to be involved in the community outside of NFTs are going to find that value in being part of the community that we're building. You mentioned mission a few times. 
what is the mission and um, has the mission changed from the beginning? So originally the mission of World of Women was to build an inclusive Web3 through our collection and the community. And as we've evolved, we focused bigger of building an inclusive future because we realized that Web3 is one slice of a larger picture of um, the market and representation and access to opportunities. So we're of course first focusing on where we are, which is Web3 and you know, certainly focusing on educational and access initiatives, um, supporting artists in the industry. But we are starting to build tools to expand beyond just the, you know, the Web3 market. And so as we think about our long-term vision for the next 50 years, it's really empowering women in our community and allies who believe that everyone should have access um, and it should be enabled by the tools of Web3 that, um, that we're thinking broadly of the type of society and the type of world that we want to create once the next generation of technology um, gains more prominence over coming years. When you say inclusivity, what does inclusivity mean to you? Because um, there are many aspects of technology that are not inclusive. So to give you an example, you know, we are raising investment right now for Impeak, and um, it was brought to my attention from somebody who made an introduction to an investor that the person said to the, the person who was, uh, you know, the investor said to the person who, who had made the intro uh, that they presumed that just because I was a woman that, you know, that I would uh, build this to a $10 million, whatever, you know, um, and, and not, not, not really grow it beyond that because they think that women are not risk takers. Um, and I think that, um, a community like a world of women, you know, you have uh, the opportunity to build maybe the next, like the next A16Z that is, you know, women led and, and women focused, right? Um, so uh, there's a lot of talk around inclusivity, but I would love to see what, um, you know, what, what is actually being done for driving um and for for driving that and and actually putting women in the in the front seat um you know to in the driver's seat to to actually really lead these businesses uh, so yeah would love to hear your thoughts on on that what does inclusivity exactly mean and and where are you focusing that is actually making a difference yeah I would say there's two places where we're having the most impact now, and then there's the vision for the future. Um, so where we started, of course, was art. You know, we are the, um, you know, woman-led, artist-led uh, collection. Yam Karkai is one of the leading NFT artists and the creator of our collection. And I think when she founded WOW, it was really just this insight of there's all of these PFP projects happening. Uh, they're not including female PFPs and how are women supposed to even participate in Web3 if they can't represent themselves in Web3. Um, we've continued to support artists. Um, we've collected, amplified, or partnered with over 350 artists um, since our inception. And we continue to do that through ArtFest, which is our quarterly art festival. Um, we're very mindful of selecting artists that offer um, diverse perspectives, amplifying women, and basically using World of Women's platform to elevate and give attention to this next generation of artists um, and making sure that we're not seeing um, a repetition of some of the things that we've seen in the traditional art world where um, there is not a lot of diversity in um, traditional collections. And so that's where we're starting first. 
Um, the next is really about education. Um, you know, we see that there is a lot of conditioning that happens, um, you know, as, as a girl, you know, and it can come from a lot of sources. Uh, but over time, you know, you start to get messages, you know, when you're a girl that uh, maybe tech isn't for you, maybe business isn't for you, you know, maybe you're not a risk taker, you're not going to, you know, start the billion dollar company, you're going to start the $10 million company, right? All of these messages that are there. Um, and we think that's absolutely false. And it surely does not to be, need to be that way. Um, and we don't want that to perpetuate. Um, so World of Women has a foundation and a program called Let's Mint that is aiming to take the natural love that students and girls have for art and showcase them that they can translate that into um, love and interest of technology. So they learn how to set up their wallets. They learn how to mint their uh, first NFT. They learn about how you might create an NFT and kind of translate, hey, you know, there's if you're creative, if you're online, as you know, most kids are, you can translate that into access and interest in technology. Um, from a long-term standpoint, I think one of the biggest things that we're excited about is the power of our community. Um, a lot of people know World of Women because we have very high-profile members um, in entertainment, Reese Witherspoon, Ava Longoria, Shonda Rhimes, um, you know, really high-powered women that we all look up to. Um, but what we realize as we do user interviews and research and learn more about community that we also have some incredible, you know, business leaders, art leaders, uh, TV producers, neurosurgeons, uh, doctors in our network. And I think that is the real power of how do we build tools to help them connect with each other, help each other in their careers, um, eventually, uh, you know, buy the products that they're creating with WOW IP and empower each other um, and potentially even fund each other. So right now we're really exploring models of what can happen when we connect this uh, powerful network together, because it is one of the reasons that people are proud to buy WOW to be part of this network. And we're right now investing in a lot of tools to help them connect and hopefully, you know, empower uh, more investment in business and more of the informal um, supporting of each other that we've seen in more traditional business networks where there would be, you know, boys clubs that invest in each other, that, you know, help each other. Um, we want to be a network that women can count on to, um, to help each other as well. Cool. So it's art is education. And then the, um, the business aspect that business networking is like the, the next sort of priorities that you're working on. Um, uh, so uh, you you obviously have a lot of celebrity holders and, and brand partnerships. Does that impact the core value uh, that, that you have? Uh, how does it uh, further that? You know, because there's quite a lot of that type of partnership. Um, how does that help further this uh, envision that you have? A couple of ways. So one, I mean, part of the reason why we're excited to do IP deals is because it increases the value for our holders, right? One of the things that people buy World of Women for is uh, we have one of the most permissive IPs. Uh, Galaxy Digital did a study of top um, NFT projects, and they found that World of Women was actually the most permissive in terms of what you can do with your IP. We have holders who've um, created products, everything from Cyber Green Juice with their Green Wow to a holder that recently licensed her Wow to uh, a Hennessy commercial. Um, so certainly we want to do these deals because it raises the overall ground profile of Wow and the overall asset that you own um, when you purchase your Wow. 
But when we do look at partnerships, it's really important for us to maintain our values. Um, the first dimension that we look at is, is this a brand aligned partnership? Um, because for us, you know, our brand is everything. We're a mission-driven brand, and it's not going to make sense if we partner with an organization that um, doesn't care about the values that we're promoting. And so, you know, that's really the first question that we ask when we're approached by a partner is, you know, are they brand aligned? And, you know, is there going to be some aspect where this helps further our overall goals? Um, so, for example, we recently did a partnership um, with Nicole Ritchie's House of Harlow line. I think for, for that, you know, it was very aligned in the sense of not only is this, you know, a, a known celebrity who's out there, you know, using her um, credibility to elevate WOW. It's also a female-led business, um, a business that cares about the success of other women. And it's something that um, we can promote to as, you know, kind of showcasing what we want to do um, across all of our holders and community. You know, when uh, you mentioned about the lady who gave her, uh, was it like they licensed it to Hennessy? So mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit more about that, because um, when Moonbirds moved to CC0, one of the kind of arguments around that was that if somebody wanted to um, license, they would just go and buy it. You know, why would they want to license it? Um, so that's an interesting uh, one. And, and from an insider's perspective, can you tell me more about why, um, let's say, a brand like Hennessy would choose to license that rather than buying the actual NFT? Often, I think that they want to naturally engage with the community because it's not just the asset, it's the people who are in the community, they're looking to gain credibility. One of the questions that we get all the time is, oh, you know, you're doing so many brand deals with World of Women, um, but, but why would they partner with you as a brand? They could just buy their own WOW, they could just go to any WOW holder, um, and those are, of course, options. Um, but what I'm seeing is that a lot of brands are in this point where they want to experiment, they want to learn, they want to authentically understand what is the community and culture behind uh around Web3. And so for them, they're interested in not only the asset, but the people and the community. Um, and often they you know, want to introduce our community to their suite of products in a natural way. They want to um, experiment and take advantage of the rights and ownership that Web3 offers. Um, so I find especially now where the rulebook is still being, being written and it's very unclear you know, how brands should you know, enter this world in the same way that they had to go through so many different technological revolutions, right? I mean, they had to figure out how to get online back in the day. They had to figure out how to transition to mobile. You know, many are thinking out how to show up in the metaverse. Um, so they need to educate their teams. They need to think through how it works. And so there really is a human element into a lot of the brands and how they're thinking about it. And often they they want the support, right? They may not have anyone in their team that, um, that really knows how to, you know, purchase an NFT, mint an NFT, connect with up-and-coming NFT artists. And so there certainly is a community and education and human layer to the adoption of this technology um, that tends to play a role in some of these partnerships. Do you have any idea uh, how your business model will evolve considering um, everything that's happening in the space in terms of royalties and, and people's attitude towards brands, uh, like how, how brands are being built and, and uh, how NFT communities are supposed to make money long term. Um, so how do you see the, the business model evolving? 
Yeah, I mean, it's under massive disruption right now, um, especially with creator royalties um, really being unenforceable in many ways on the popular marketplaces. Um, you know, I think that it's something that we as World of Women always anticipated going to zero. But I think looking across the market, there's certainly projects I've talked to that were making a really huge sum on trading during the bull market. And now it's just dwindled to nothing. So for us at World of Women, I think that we think about kind of a past, present and future revenue model. Um, you know, we took in um, incredible amount of sales during the, you know, the good times. And I think that that is really what we're using to um, manage and invest and ensure it takes us through the bear market. Um, and that was all, you know, kind of NFT sales and secondary sales um, kind of fueling that. Um, the current is really focusing on sponsorships, licensing, product sales, really taking our assets and selling products as well as, um, you know, having sponsorship opportunities that uh, get brands in front of our community. Um, and then the future is just the tooling that we build around it. Um, we're focusing a lot on building tools for our community. If you're watching us on Twitter, you see that we're doing this build in public process where we have a platform that we're testing that will allow our community to get more tools to connect with each other. Eventually, there will be integrations there that allow you to earn rewards, to get connected um, with opportunities, and there will be a monetization layer on that. It's still very early, but it's something we're invested in because we know that um, we can't rely on creator royalties and we have to innovate or die. So um, would, will the platform be very fo art focused, would you say? It will be. Well, it's interesting. We're in user testing right now. And I think there's a couple of things. One, uh, you know, it's world of women and people really want the community to be arty. They want it to be fun. Of course, they want to earn. They want to have business opportunities, um, but it can't have no joy and no art. And so certainly there is going to be an element of, you know, kind of empowering the artists, the creators, the owners in our community. Um, there's a whole design element of how do we bring in the things that make being part of the World of Women community fun. For example, you know, when you own your wow, your wow comes from a specific planet. And so how do you um, create the UI um, around, you know, the planet that you're from and, you know, what the personality traits are for the people who live on the planet and really getting into the lore. Um, so so it's something that we're, we're really actively thinking about because at the end of the day, you know, people are just spending more and more time online. And I think that it used to be a scenario where, you know, the community around you physically might be the majority of the community that you interact with and identify with online. Um, you know, what we saw certainly accelerated by the pandemic was, you know, people are primarily connecting online and using that to create their community, you know, using PFPs as their digital identity. And then they want to bring that community with them wherever they go, whether it's popping up at conferences they're going to be at or celebrating digitally together. And so we're really trying to, um, you know, be leading edge in terms of, you know, the type of community that uh, that is global, but also feels at home and feels like a family and uh, and create the tooling so that you can get the most out of it in the same way that you get a lot out of your Soho House membership or, you know, your um, sponsorship of your local art museum or other communities you may choose to be a part of. Very nice. Tell me more about um, the tooling, like what what exactly happens. So uh, is, is any of the platform ready to see uh, or has uh, nobody seen that yet? 
So the community is testing it now. Actually, Taya, who is our VP of product, I believe case studies will be written about how she is building in public. Um, she has actually done a prototype that our community is actually logging into and voting now in terms of what features they want. Um, so you do a token gated login, you see the prototype, each section of the prototype, you can um, vote in terms of, you know, would you use this or not, um, grade it in terms of, you know, one to 10, you know, um, how much do you want this, and then write qualitative con com uh, comments. So we are using that now. Um, I think it's closing by the time this podcast launches, that period will be closed. Um, so we're testing actively with our current community. Um, and then over the um, coming weeks and months, we'll be, you know, kind of launching and, um, you know, having more external facing for a broader segment of the community um, to test and continue to grow. So will um, will it be uh, open to every WoW holder to go in and, and check and uh, test? Or is it just for, oh, like, uh, if I have a WoW G, uh, I, can I still go? Or is it just? Uh, the yeah, WoW? if you have a WoW G, you can go in and test uh, today. Uh, we oh. will close it um, to, you know, kind of for building and feedback. Um, but any WoW and WoW G holder has had the opportunity to log in and test and give feedback. So tell me about uh, your uh, your work as an angel investor. So you've you've done angel investing as well, right? So tell me more about that. What 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 uh, are you working on there? Yeah. So when I was at Meta, um, one of the jobs I loved most was working on this team called the Disruptors. Um, we worked with Series B through exit stage startups. Um, and it's so energizing, right? The goal from the Meta side was to over-resource these startups with the hope that eventually they would become some of the largest Meta partners. Um, what it meant for me was, you know, I would um, get to meet with founders and um, and leaders of all of these different startups in growth stage. And um, I found it really fascinating and love the energy of the startup world. Uh, but there was a couple of things that I had as takeaways from that. Um, you know, one, I just saw the, the lack of diversity in terms of who was getting funded. I mean, you mentioned some of the disparities you're seeing now. I mean, looking at the stats, I think that, you know, it's still really 2% of um, a VC capital funding is going to um, women founders. I think it increases a bit when it's a it's a mixed team, but this disparity is huge. And I saw that really, I, I saw that very seriously on the ground. You know, I was working with awesome people. I loved it, but I was like, where's the women? Where's the diversity? You know, what this is our future. And I'm, you know, I'm not seeing all of the amazing people that I, I see in the world. You know, we're missing human potential here. Um, so when I eventually left that team and didn't have the opportunity to, um, you know, work with those startups anymore, I really wanted to stay involved in the community. And I really wanted to do so with the mission of, you know, being that person who who believes in um, founders, right? Because often that, you know, those early dollars can be the really toughest ones, you know, it can be a very lonely founder's journey. And so I was really focused on, you know, angel investing for companies that were just getting going and being someone that really believes um, in founders as they are, you know, um, going going ahead in their entrepreneurial journey. Uh, so some of the ones that I've invested in that I've gotten the most joy out of, um, iFundWomen was one of my early investments. It's a crowdfunding platform for uh, women uh, founders. And so it was very meta as a first investment had all female um, seed uh, investors, and it was really focused on empowering women. Um, and actually, just yesterday, I got visited uh, by one of the early founders I invested in, 
uh, Break Sports, which is all about uh, creating a platform to allow both people to access sports that have been um, not that inclusive, such as tennis, um, but also for spaces to be able to monetize unused tennis courts and um, uh, and they're moving into other uh, uh, spaces as well. Um, so for me, I mean, as an angel investor, you know, I think that most of your investments really go to zero, right? That's, you know, it's like, just like in NFTs, they say, you know, 90% of your bets are, are not going to be the one, but 10 cents are really going to make it. And for me, it's about, you know, kind of the, the meaning along the way about working with female entrepreneurs that um, I admire about being someone that is um, telling them that they can do it and then they can raise more money and continue to grow. Um, so for me, it's really, you know, kind of a mission-based and, and meaning-based, um, you know, personal side project to have the opportunity to do that. Amazing. That's that's great to hear. So, I mean, you talked about the, the platform that you guys are building. What What's the platform called? Uh, is it a... It, wow. No name yet. We're really calling it Community Empowerment Platform. Um, so it doesn't have a name yet. We have a lot of, we have a lot of ones happening internally, um, but really we're thinking about it as a community tool. It's something that will, will empower our community. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Um, and uh, yeah. So, so what, other than the platform, what, let, let's say within the next uh, six to 12 months, what, what is, what can we expect from all of women? Yeah, so if you're a World Women Holder, you can really look forward to ArtFest, um, you know, kind of in line with having our community celebrate together and empowering up and coming artists. We have a quarterly festival linked to the full moon where uh, you're able to um, log in and get introduced and uh, claim art that is aligned with the world from which your wow is from. We just announced the artist for Spring Art Fest, and it's really an incredible lineup, including some of our favorites, including uh, Sarah Bauman from Women and Weapons, um, and some other really phenomenal artists. Uh, so you can look forward to that. May 4th is when uh, Spring Art Fest launches, and we'll have summer as well as fall Art Fest coming up throughout the year. Um, our vision for that is to make sure that we're creating an opportunity for our community to connect. You know, we've had some incredible live events with World of Women. We had a Madonna concert last year. We had the World of Women Gala at Art Basel. Um, but no matter how many people we get in the room, we realize that it's not going to be globally accessible unless we have a digital area of celebration. Um, so you can look forward to, um, you know, more art, more collaborations. Um, and ultimately, we want to grow it into a festival that isn't just digital, but expands into the physical, into the IRL. So, um, so you can certainly look forward to that as a holder. Um, you can look forward to more IP collaborations. We have a Monopoly, a long-awaited Monopoly collaboration coming out soon, um, as well as expansion into new categories. Um, we're primarily focused on luxury, beauty, um, because to complement the fashion that we um, already have pursued. Um, so you'll be seeing more IP activations um, and experiences that gamify and make it fun along the way. Um, we want to build our community, but give them ways to engage and enjoy not just art, but connecting with each other. Um, so you can certainly look forward to that as well as continued expansion of our educational programs. Um, we are scaling Let's Mint, which is our program um, to educate girls and introduce them to Web3 and the metaverse. Um, and we're working closely with our partner Sandbox to launch new experiences in the Sandbox. All WOW and WOW G holders can log in and use their WOW as their digital identity in the Sandbox. And we'll be improving and creating new experiences to bring you joy there. So a lot to look forward to um, for the WOW community for the rest of the year. 
That's amazing. Sounds like uh, there will also be a lot of fun, which is always great and needed in this space. Especially, especially in the bear market. I think it's been really tough on us all. And so we want to make sure to bring the joy, right? Um, I think that uh, we have a lot of serious things to think about in terms of what we want to achieve, you know, from a mission standpoint, from an inclusion standpoint. But if we're not finding joy along the way and um, having fun with art, um, what does it all mean? So I'm a big person who believes in the journey as well as the destination. So we look forward to having our community have some fun along the way. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks for sharing all that. And I look forward to participating in some of those. Oh, can't wait. I'm going to send you the um, the community tools login. Yeah, so I want to see that. Feedback. I would love Would love that. Right. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Shannon Snow. Be sure to follow Shannon and World of Women on Twitter if you're not already. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe to it on Apple, Spotify, or any other one of your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to give the five-star rating and write a review. The full interviews are also available on my YouTube channel, The Somi Ariane Show.